Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I want to talk to you about the anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage, you know. So you've got to understand why we do certain things and, and the fact that you've got to understand that you have to connect with the anointing. So go with me to Isaiah chapter 10, and verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So whatever yoke the enemy, whatever burden the enemy puts on you, and we need to bring that right over to what Jesus said. If anyone is heavy laden and burdened down, come to me. I'll give you rest right for my yoke is easy my burden is light learn of me so Jesus the anointed one releases the anointing the yoke destroying burden removing anointing it's the power of God without the anointing you cannot have true freedom that's why many believers struggle they get saved, they get born again, but they go through life burdened down. They go through life with various yokes in their life that is never bondages and things that they're tied to that they never really get free from. That's why it's very important to understand the role of the anointing in the ministry, in ministering to people. Just like in yesterday's encounter service, that was really about healing, deliverance, more really focused on deliverance. And really breaking the power of demonic influences in people's lives breaking yokes of bondage by the anointing ministering to people by a tangible anointing now you can minister by faith but you also need to really minister by a tangible anointing the anointing needs to be there for people to get set free and get get delivered because it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy neck or shoulders and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing now there's a another translation that I've, i think it says the yoke shall be broken i don't want it to be broken i want it to be destroyed amen because if something's broken you can kind of put it back together but it's, if it's destroyed it's gone when god does it he does it all the way I mean, when he does it, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Not halfway, not a quarter way, completely, completely free. Completely free. Set free by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the anointing. So what is the anointing? The anointing is the manifestation of the power of God. That's really what anointing is. And of course, the word anointing, if you actually read the Amplified, it says because of the fatness The yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which prevents the yoke from going around your neck. So 
because the anointing really means to smear oil amen and because of the oil that's smeared on you the burdens are gonna slip right off the yoke is gonna slip right off and be destroyed so the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting and when the power manifests it's gonna manifest different things whatever the need be I mean if, it, if the need need is healing then a healing anointing is gonna manifest amen there's an anointing to teach there's an anointing to preach there's an anointing even on the helps ministry it's something you do by the anointing it's even though it, it appears that you might be doing natural work you're doing the Lord's work you're doing you're a part of the ministry and there's an anointing for that just as much as there's an anointing for an apostle for it says in first Corinthians 12 28 first God has set in the church first apostles then prophets after that teachers then gifts of healings and miracles and then and then helps and administrations and diversities of tongues so helps ministry and administration is for the local church the pastoral ministry but you know the pastor can't do everything how many of you maybe in the past you've been in churches where the pastor did everything I mean after he preached he cleaned the toilets he did everything I mean he's laying hands on people getting behind them catching them I, it's not the pastor's job to do everything the administrations and the house ministry has to be distributed among the congregation so the anointing flows down from the pastoral head of the local church to the people and the people must be empowered because the anointing empowers Amen. you know and they're given a delegated authority they're given certain levels of positions and authorities and responsibilities and they they need the anointing to fulfill that so even though it might appear I mean you see our catchers our catchers they have to live right and if you notice when I'm praying for people I can see they're catch, they're standing behind people they're in faith some of sometimes they're praying in tongues you can see they want people to get blasted by the Holy Ghost if they're just standing there like this and I pick up that the the the, the catcher is actually a hindrance to the anointing I'll remove them so catchers ushers everybody has to flow in the anointing it's not just me that has to flow in the anointing we all have to flow in the anointing and when the anointing flows people get touched they get set free they get healed they get delivered there's an atmosphere in which God can move there's an atmosphere of freedom there's an atmosphere of healing there's an atmosphere of deliverance there's an atmosphere of miracle working power healing power that's released hallelujah and then it begins to touch people and the whole church is in unity and the anointing is what we seek People are not seeking positions or their own things because if they are seeking position or they're, they're seeking their own way, they're going to become a hindrance. They're going to actually grieve the Holy Ghost. That's why unity is so important. Last week I talked about fellowship. Fellowship of the saints in unity and us fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit. That's the kind of culture that we create here. We value the presence and the fellowship and the communion of the Holy Spirit because when the Holy Spirit comes, then the hungry and thirsty and the needy get touched by the power of the Holy Spirit and then that's what we call the anointing being released and people get touched and whatever the needs are the needs are met supernaturally by the power of the Holy Ghost hallelujah if we need financial miracles then financial miracles will manifest if we need physical miracles physical miracles will manifest if we need miracles of provision miracles of provision will manifest healing will manifest deliverance will manifest people will get set free yokes shall be destroyed 
and we don't want anybody to stay under a heavy yoke it's not right for a Christian to get saved to be born again even filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in the Holy Spirit be talking in tongues and still live in bondage that is not right that is not right so the anointing which is the supernatural equipment to get the job done you know you need different kinds of equipment every job needs its own equipment and when you have the wrong equipment on the job you, you know it I'm like and then you go get the right equipment and after struggling an hour with the wrong equipment you fix it in a minute like you need the right equipment you need the right tools who's been there so there are tools of every trade musicians have tools speakers have tools and people that go do home renovation have tools and they can't use what a doctor uses a scalpel isn't gonna work on a drywall and you better not use a chisel when you should be using a scalpel and a hammer and a chisel can you imagine a doctor with a hammer and a chisel in the operating room wrong tool for the you, you cause damage so you have to you have to learn how to flow in the anointing so that you don't cause damage you bring blessing hallelujah because this is powerful man you don't put a loaded gun in the hands of a three-year-old and so you have to become mature in the things of God learn how to flow in the anointing walk in the fear of God honor the Lord and live right have your have clean hands and a pure heart in order to carry the anointing because God's going to use every one of you to minister through you your hands will be how the anointing is released when you lay hands on the sick they shall recover your mouth will be how the anointing will be released when you speak to demons they will tremble and you'll cast them out with one word in the mighty name of Jesus you'll speak with authority and then you'll be able to minister and bring deliverance to people because you are now understanding you are a carrier of the anointing you have an anointing from the Holy One and this anointing that you have released abides in you amen and you need no man to teach you because you're probably not going to have time to call me up every single time i'm not the holy ghost i can't be with you 24 7 but he's with you 24 7 to lead you and to guide you to give you wisdom show you what to do what not to do amen so you flow and when the anointing flows through your life people can receive healing and deliverance and and the true ministry is the ministry of the word and ministry of the anointing everything else is a helps ministry including music ministry you know some churches it's all about their music there's no ministry of the word and they, they might have great music and it draws a crowd but there has to be a ministry of the word and ministry of the anointing what will sustain a revival will be a ministry of the word and ministry of the anointing amen and on Wednesday night I was sharing about the ingredients of revival I'm gonna continue on that on Wednesday nights ingredients of revival maybe some of you have heard about something that broke out in this Asbury University how many of you heard about what broke out in Asbury University it's all over you won't hear it on of course mainstream news but uh, you know you, it's all over social media I think now probably over 10 days ago or Wednesday morning chapel service they started and it's never stopped they're going and a lot of Gen Z and people are flocking from all over the world and it's it's wonderful people ask me you know what do you think about it? I think it's wonderful people worshiping Jesus non-stop praying that's wonderful amen but there are other ingredients on revival as well and it needs to lead to something more but it's it's better than nothing 
something is happening and it's spreading to other colleges that's wonderful especially young people wanting to come and worship the Lord repent at the altar I mean it's not necessarily a Pentecostal Holy Ghost fire people on the floor speaking in tongues but it's I mean you deal with Wesleyans and Baptists and Methodists and and, and, and a lot of the denominational people really flocking to these things and getting touched. And it's wonderful. I hope man doesn't get their hands on it and ruin it like they do with every revival. But, but for it to be sustained also, there's other ingredients that has to be, that has to come along. It has to also result in people getting on fire to, to, to turn into outreach. It has to, and then there has to be the word to sustain it. People have to be fed the word. And then, I mean, I, I heard people saying that this is the, the nameless, faceless uh, generation, name, nameless, faceless revival. God's not into anything nameless and faceless. He calls you by name. He knows exactly who you are. He knows you. And, amen. And he's got a plan and purpose for each and every person. So you, yes, you have a name and you have a face. And God knows you. And God has a plan and purpose for you. And God's going to use every single person. But the anointing is what it's about. And that's what's happening. As people are worshiping, pressing in, praying, interceding. And, and really tarrying in the presence of God. That's really what it is. You know, what was supposed to be maybe a 30, 45-minute chapel service is still going on. And that's the problem. 30, 45-minute services. They need to keep going on. Because we need to learn to tarry, wait in the presence of the Lord. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So the church has lost the art of waiting before the presence of the Lord. Because this culture has been created, make revival coming through as some kind of a drive-through give me two shakes and a roll and make it quick fast food christianity that's the problem we have to tarry in the presence of god we have to take time we have to make time for god if you want god to make time for you you're gonna have to make time for god amen and a lot of, a lot of people think well we're waiting on the lord no god's waiting on us because revival is not a sovereign move of God. Revival happens when people get hungry and thirsty. Why is it popping up and spreading in other places? Because people are seeing that getting provoked. And they're, and they're being stirred up to get hungry. And it's breaking out. Now if they lose their hunger, it'll stop. And if you lose your hunger, revival will stop in your life. You can come to the river, sit while people are getting touched. And you'll just sit there. Because you have to be hungry. You have to get thirsty. Because I can't get hungry and thirsty for you. You have to get hungry and thirsty for yourself. Amen. And whatever took you to get to the place where God moved in your life is what you have to keep doing for God to continue to move in your life. This, is, this can't be just some, some one-time thing. Man, man, that was wonderful. I got touched back in November. I haven't seen you since November. Where have you been? Well, I got touched back, you know, five years ago. Where have you been for five years? You can't run on a touch. You have to continue to stay in the anointing. It's, it can't be this one-time thing. You have to stay filled every single day. Because when the anointing comes, listen, when the anointing comes and sets you free, if you step out of the anointing, that same bondage can come back into your life. Because that anointing is going to keep that thing off your neck. Because the enemy will try to come back and put that thing right back on you. The very thing that he used to put you in bondage... That's his weapon. He knows and he'll try to come and put that thing back on you. And if you are not ready, remember Jesus talked about when a demon goes out of a, a person, goes out wandering around aimlessly in dry places and says, you know, what am I doing out here? Let me go back to my original house. Comes back to the house. Hey, finds it swept clean 
that's wonderful but finds it empty see when the anointing touches you you get swept and clean but then you have to get filled if you don't stay filled it, the house is empty Bible says the demon comes back and brings seven others and the man's later condition is seven times worse than their prior condition so you don't want to come into that place because I have seen people touched mightily by the power of God mightily by the anointing God doing a mighty work in their lives and they kind of wane they kind of lose their hunger they kind of you know they just kind of sit and become spectators they don't really engage anymore and they don't get mobilized because you got to get mobilized when the fire of God comes on you you get mobilized you get mobilized and when you get mobilized and the fire is on your tail you keep running with the fire you can't sit with the fire on your tail you have to run with the fire space shuttle doesn't sit at the launch pad with the fire it goes it gets launched and when you get launched you have to keep going there's a mission remember what they said about the space shuttle mission space shuttle mission they called it a mission because they were going on a mission you're going on a mission you got to have fire on your tail to go on that mission and God's going to use you hallelujah you might run around the globe when the fire gets on your tail so what you have to understand is whatever got you into that place of freedom the anointing that got you swept and clean now you got to get filled with it and you got to stay filled with it so the thing doesn't come back that your condition isn't the worst isn't worse later than before and I've seen that happen to people they get touched you see them and then they just kind of wane and you can see them slowly go lukewarm they allow things to get to them and whatever it is circumstances mindsets attitudes you've got to work on yourself you can't maintain it whatever you try to maintain will go backwards you have to always be moving forwards you can never get into a maintenance mode you're never going to get well you know it's it's going pretty well we'll stay like this no you won't you'll actually get you'll actually start to go back you got to keep pressing in for more your faith always has to be engaged your faith always needs to have a new challenge your faith always needs to have a new goal hallelujah that's what allows you to keep pressing in you got to keep pressing in I'm going to the next level I'm going to the next level I'm not gonna stay the same I'm not gonna maintain I'm not gonna remain the same there's God has more for me I'm pressing in I'm going to the next level hallelujah I'm going to the next level hallelujah I'm going to the next level who's going to the next level if you're going to the next level get up on your feet and give a shout to the Lord say I'm going to the next level I will not stay the same ha glory to God glory to God you have to stir yourself up rekindle that fire stir up stir up your faith stir it up stir it up stir it up don't be like the people that were just sitting by the pool waiting for an angel to come to stir the waters that's Old Testament now you have to be the one to, to stir the waters Jesus said if you only knew who was standing next to you you would not be waiting for an angel to come stir the waters you reach out and receive what's already available for you you got to stir yourself up you got to stir yourself up you got to stir up your faith you got to stir up the fire that's on the inside of you don't let it wane don't let it go out stay sharp stay sharp don't get dull stay sharp stay sharp 
where you can cut through butter like a hot knife when circumstances come against you you like you like the hot knife just cutting right through the butter you're not dull you go right through it you get right through it because you're on fire you are sharp you're filled up you're stirred up hey I'm preaching myself happy here this morning. I'm all stirred up. We got the anointing. We got the power of the Holy Ghost abiding within. Don't let it lie dormant. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Smith Wigglesworth said, if the Holy Ghost isn't moving, I move the Holy Ghost. I'm going to decide we're going to have a move of God. I'm going to decide. Oh, Holy Ghost, come and move in me. Come and move in me. If you're not moving anywhere else, right here, I'm drawing a circle. I'm standing in the middle of it. I'm saying this is the place of revival. Right here, come and move. Come and touch me. Come by your fire. Do a work in me. Right here is the place of revival. Huh? And thank God for Asbury and whatever happening in other places and previous. People need that. They go there and they get stirred up. But you don't have to go there to get stirred up. You got to stir yourself up. You got to stir yourself up. Hallelujah. Somebody say, are you going over there? Why do I need to go there? I'm stirred up all the time. If you need to be stirred up, go there. That's fine. But I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up already. I'm in revival because I choose to be. I'm in revival because I want to be. I'm in revival because I'm hungry and I'm thirsty to be in revival. Fire! Fire the Holy Ghost! Fire the Holy Ghost! Fire the Holy Ghost! I see these things I'm like man we have that here all the time and people don't understand what we have they don't value it or they get used to it been there done there done that bought the t-shirt you never can get used to it it cannot become commonplace the anointing is precious it's God's precious gift you have to value it you have to walk in the fear of God you have to honor the Holy Spirit with your life and you have to always be plugged in. You have to always be plugged in. You can't take it for granted. You can't get used to this. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, they go there. Okay, everybody jumps around. Everybody shout. Pastor Corey starts shouting again. They all get started up. They shout. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know. You know everything. You know nothing. And that's the problem. People who never have re revival want to write books about revival. They want to get on social media, chime on revival, never had revival. Don't even know what revival is. Hallelujah. 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 
my spirit is jumping up and down on the inside of me and my body is just reacting that's all that's happening it's not hype because something that's happening within and that's what revival is it has to happen within it has to happen in the heart of man and women it has to happen your heart must become the fireplace of God where the fire burns don't let the fire go out hallelujah if your fire has just started to go out and you got all these ashes on top you know what you need you need a poker poker stick that's what I do. I come with my poker stick and I start poking. I start poking. I start poking and stirring and poking and stirring. Get those ashes, get those ashes off. And, and then, hallelujah. And then let me see those embers. And I throw a couple more logs on the fire and hallelujah. It can't be a wet log. Your wood, your wood can't be wet. Some people's wood is wet. fire hallelujah hallelujah you being set free just by being in this atmosphere you you don't even need to have anyone lay hands on you can be healed right there right in your seat you can receive freedom right there right in your seat you can receive deliverance right there, right in your seat. I take authority over every yoke of bondage by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the mighty name of Jesus, I break that thing off of you. Removed, lifted, destroyed, never to come back again. Free. Hallelujah. So when you go in the water today, understand, you're not just going into city water. You're going into an environment. The water is an environment that you go into. But it's also a point of contact. Because the anointing always needs a point of contact. Sometimes it's a voice. As you speak it, you release the anointing. The anointing is voice activated. Sometimes it's the laying on of hands. Sometimes it's <laughs> making some mud with spit and putting it on a blind man's eyes. And sometimes licking your fingers and sticking them into a deaf man's ears. Sometimes it's a cloth. Give me a cloth, please cloths and handkerchiefs taken from Paul's body right they were carried away to other people hallelujah come here yes quickly bring me the cloth hallelujah give me another one Give me a whole bunch of them. Hallelujah. Come here. 
Jesus. Come here. Hallelujah. So the power of God, the anointing is released. It's ridiculous to the natural mind. Exactly. God does it so that you don't have to, you, you have to get out of your mind. Oh, wow. Hmm. It's the anointing. It's just a point of contact. It's just a point of contact. It's just a point of contact for the power of God to hit you. It's just a point of contact. And the water in baptism is a point of contact. The water in baptism is a point of contact. People are going to be set free. We've had people healed. I've had, I've had a, a young man that was smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I didn't even know it. He went in the water, came out, completely set free and delivered from nicotine addiction. We've had people addicted to all kinds of things. Medication, pornography, other things. People that were full of all kinds of anxiety get healed, delivered. People coming out of the water, speaking in other tongues, fire of God on them. We see water baptism as a point of contact. You're going to go into an environment. You're going to get immersed into that water. And we pray and release the anointing into the water and the, that you need to engage your faith. Here's my mother-in-law. Almost 83. Now, she was in Turkey when we were in Bible school back in 98. You may be seated if you can, but it's fine. So 1998, my wife and I were, were in Bible school in Tampa. And my mother-in-law, she's in her town, no, no Christians in her town, 150,000 people, not one Christian in her town. Now, we didn't know this. She got very sick. Of course, she had pre we had preached the gospel to her and, you know, for many years before that, several years, and she hadn't really given her life to Jesus yet, but she got very sick and wouldn't tell her daughter because she didn't want her to be worried. So she cried out to the Lord, and one day bedridden sick wakes up because the room is so bright it's blinding light and there's an angel like creature standing at her bedside and touched her toe and she felt some energy or some power flow through her got totally healed got up started reading the bible we gave her and she saw in the bible that she should be baptized but there's nobody to baptize her so she calls up now she's on the north part north inner inland north part of turkey inland so and it's so she calls her friend down in the mediterranean nice warmer and as a sea there she goes i'm coming to see you gets on a bus travels 10 hours to go says take me to the uh, mediterranean sea and because she's going to baptize herself she was on seven different medications all kinds of issues so she goes in the water by herself she says i baptized myself this is all by revelation nobody told her to do this the anointing that abides in her taught her so she goes i baptized myself in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and she goes down in the water 
and she said she held her breath as long as she could because she wanted to make sure that God had enough time to totally work on her. She comes up out of the water, totally changed, and she said all of a sudden, the, the strongest, the strongest aroma of lilies, the strongest smell of lilies just came and surrounded her. You have to understand, you're in salt water, rocks, no flowers, nothing. I mean, it's just salt water and rocks. She says, lily. And then she goes back home. And then later, about a year later or so, you know, we, we're, we're back in Turkey. We're visiting her. And she tells me all about this. And she says sometimes she'll be in the house doing cleaning or cooking or something. And she'll think of Jesus. And she'll, or she'll say, thank you, Jesus. And the entire house would get filled with the smell of lilies. Strong smell. And she didn't even know. I said, Mom, did you know that Jesus is the lily of the valley? Because she knew that when that smell came, that Jesus was there with her. Remember now, very religious town. She's the only Christian. No church, nothing, no pastor, nobody, but the Holy Ghost. And then we're sitting there, and I said to her, I said, Mom, that's so wonderful. You, you got saved on your own, and you went and baptized yourself. That's wonderful. I said, but now you also need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I said, because there are three baptisms. Baptized into the body, baptized into water, and baptized in the Holy Ghost. I said, there are three baptisms. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And she's looking at us. We're sitting in her backyard, outside, you know, in the garden, and just having some Turkish tea in the afternoon. That's what you do. And she looked at me, and she goes, what is the baptism in the whole didn't even get the Holy Spirit out I, I saw like a column of fire fall on her and she goes like this and starts shaking and weeping and speaking in tongues shaking and start weeping and speaking in tongues right there as she said what is it boom just like as Peter spake the Holy Ghost fell on him I've seen the supernatural out of the box it will not fit into most people's boxes because the Holy Ghost doesn't fit in a box you can you, you want to debate with me all you want theologically can can she go baptize herself did she baptize herself in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit or was it in the name of the lord jesus christ you want to argue all you want we had we, we had a man who was baptized in our church in Istanbul went to another city and I get a phone call from a pastor there telling me, this young man came to, to our church from your church and he told us that he was baptized I said yes he was he goes well I just want to know uh, what method was he baptized I didn't answer I waited and just like Jesus I answered the question with a question I said why do you ask he said, well, I wanted to know if the baptism is valid or not. Did you baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Or did you baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? And, you know, all that other stuff. You know what? If, there, if, if, there's, not, if there's no faith applied and if there's no encounter, it, it doesn't matter anyways. Not the method. Again, 
the cloth is a method but I, there's other people I can throw the cloth at and they'll just stare at me do you understand what I'm talking about there's people you lay hands on before you even get your hand to them they're, they're already gone there's other you lay hands on them you can pray for the next hour and nothing happens because you have to receive it it's not the method it's the person receiving the anointing so it's about receiving and so I want you to receive when you go in that water I want you to receive the power of God to touch you if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues you're gonna come out of the water speaking in tongues if you're sick diseased uh, depressed sad yoked bondage it's gonna be broken we're gonna bury every demonic thing we're gonna bury everything of the past in the water and it's gonna be buried in the sea of forgetfulness amen and you're gonna come out of the water into the newness of life hallelujah and so there's three things that happen in water baptism water baptism doesn't save faith in Jesus Christ and being born again saves but then water baptism is an external witness that you've given your life to Jesus so that's one thing it's your witness it's your testimony it's your act of obedience as you obey the Lord Jesus Christ in one of the two ordinances given to the local church which is one communion and the other one is water baptism that's one you do it as a witness you do it as a testimony you do it as your public commitment and public confession secondly you do it to crucify the flesh cut off everything that's of the flesh the flesh the old person is buried in the in the water just like Christ was buried in the flesh for our sins but he rose from the dead into the newness of life to bring us righteousness you're gonna rise into the newness of life to walk in the righteousness of God in Christ as an empowered creature and I've had to deal with all kinds of rubbish concerning I went to one place pastor Vincent we were gonna baptize people there's one girl was shaking scared freaking out I said what's going on why I'm scared I'm afraid to be baptized I said why because my family told me her former church and then the pastor or whoever there said after you get baptized you get more attacked by the devil you get attacked more by the devil I don't want to be attacked I said what are you talking about that's that religious I don't want to be attacked so I had to sit her down and talk to her and give her some truth and it took a while to get the, the girl to be free and, and so she could be baptized and she was 17 then I got an angry phone call she's too young to be baptized what 17 they're having babies at 12 and 13 what are you talking about too young to be baptized that's the garbage you deal with in religion did you take her through six months of catechism <laughs> Philip preached to the Ethiopian eunuch and then then he says is there anything that would prevent me from being water baptized no nope. let's go do it so we deal with a lot of wrong teaching on this and I have to touch on this because you no, you're not gonna get attacked more you're gonna live in more victory amen you're gonna walk in greater power and blessing hallelujah and you're not too young if you're young enough to understand or old enough to understand you're Old enough to be baptized hallelujah and the third thing with water baptism it cleanses your conscience 
because you bury everything of the past. And when the enemy comes to accuse you, you, you just tell him, I don't know what you're talking about or who you're talking about. That person is gone. I was at their funeral. <laughs> Hallelujah. That person doesn't exist anymore. The person is gone. Amen. Because we buried the old life. And it gives you a point of reference that the date and the time and the hour, whatever, where you were baptized, you know that you know. That was when everything started over and nothing before that existed and it gives you a point of reference again a point of contact amen thank you for tuning into my podcast i hope that you have been blessed i would like for you to consider two things number one subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts number two support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website riverwpb.com Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.